sort of think of it as a nightmare in progress. to the Debate of the Dead podcast, the podcast where we dissect, discuss, and digest horror movies. Today we are talking about a 2019 release uh, that came out and kind of shocked shocked audiences at the time. It was quite a quite a different movie. It, it ran, it's not your traditional slasher by any means. This is more of a, uh, I hate to use the word art house, but a little bit more of the art house horror by director Ari Aster. Today we are talking about Midsummer, and today I have a fabulous guest on to talk about it with me, Thomas Neary. How you doing, Tom? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry I had to. Your name is just so perfect not to like say with the Debbie Salt voice. Of course, yeah. Not the first time. <laughs> of course, I'm sure. All right. Well, we're talking about Midsummer today, and this is a movie you've seen a couple of times before, I think, right? Yeah, I actually, so I saw it like three times while it was still in theaters. And then nice. since then, I've, yeah, I've probably watched it like maybe like five times, I would say, but it's just always so much fun to revisit. Yeah, I'm, I'm in about the same boat. I've seen it about four or five times now. And I only, I only saw it once in theaters, but oh boy, is it, there's a lot of movie to talk about here. Like this is, this is when you kind of almost have to see more than once. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I saw it like opening night and then I saw it again the next day because and like the fall, like the second viewing, there was so much that I picked up on that I missed the first time. And I was just like, this is, this is like why, you know, people go to the movies. It's just, it was just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad you have a good experience with this movie. So this is director Ari Aster's uh, next project that came out after Hereditary. Have not talked about Hereditary on this podcast yet, but it absolutely will make its way on here eventually because that was a huge uh, phenomenon when it dropped the year prior as well. Are you familiar with Ari Aster and his works? Yeah, I so I actually initially, I saw Hereditary first, and then I, I sort of went into Midsommar pretty blind. I had seen the trailer, but really, the trailer, like, it gives some away. You can kind of get the sense that it's about a, a cult, but you really don't get, you don't really get the full picture itself, which I love because I feel like a lot of movies nowadays are just like, here's the whole entire movie in, you know, one quick two minute trailer. So uh, I like that they kind of allowed us to get it, like go in blind. And also like at the time I really wasn't invested in uh, like, you know, horror Twitter or whatever. Like I'm not really on Reddit or Tumblr or anything like that. And I've only kind of recently gotten into it. So it was a lot of fun. Nothing was spoiled. It was just like such a, it was just like a like a big like punch to the gut. Like, what did I just watch? It was it was a lot of fun. It was a great theater experience. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. That's kind of how that's these new newer horror directors are kind of getting a very specific like shtick or gimmick that makes them unique. And and Jordan Peele kind of has his like social commentary. Like when you go into a Jordan Peele movie, you're like, there's going to be some messages here. Ari Aster with his movies, he's kind of known as the like fucked up mind director like he's kind of like i feel like when people go into an ari aster movie people are like oh we're about to see some shit go down like this is about to be a fucked up roller coaster 
Right. And he has a couple short films that you can find on, I think, Vimeo or YouTube or whatever, but like they're also really fucked up and they're pretty terrifying. And I think actually his next movie, Disappointment Boulevard, which is going to be with Joaquin Phoenix, like they, it's probably coming out in 2023, but it's based on one of them. And I'm just like so excited to see that as like a full length feature film. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I really love, I mean, he's only done two big releases so far and both of them are like within probably my top 10 favorite horror movies so yeah I, and i'm very glad you brought up his short films because i also wanted to bring that up he has one one of his earliest is one on youtube that's about a half hour just a little under long it's called strange thing about the johnsons you know that one yeah I yeah love that short movie short film and I, I definitely plan to, to dedicate a podcast episode to it at some point, but uh, because it's one, he's one of those directors where people kind of just think, oh, he's like super fucked up. So they kind of almost dismiss the subject matter because they're like, this is just too much for me. And I'm like, no, let's talk about why it's fucked up because that's sometimes that's the best horror. And, and a lot of people, I've showed that short film to a lot of people and usually the reaction is, oh, wow, this is insane. And I'm like, okay, but can we talk about why? Like, this is real human horror. It really is. And, like, that one, I feel like I, I don't want to, like, ruin anything. And it's, like, obviously there's, like, the part that will be, yes, like, yes, oh, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you'll get it. But, like, yes. I don't think that, like, I think that's something that's best gone into blind and just, like, Agreed. completely unaware of what's happening and what's going to happen. Because, like, you probably you can't guess it. It's just like, it's just so out of left field. And you're just like, wow, this is, this is really, it's a lot. But like that, like I, I like once I saw Midsommar, I was like, I really like this director, I guess, because you know, his hereditary was also one of my favorite movies. And I was like, I want to know what else he's done, what else he's going to be doing. And um, so I went back and watched them and it was not disappointing at all. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I like a director who makes you think and makes you really, really really says we're about to strap in and that's something uh, mr astor does he he goes there like when you're in your head you're like oh is this the kind of movie that's gonna do this it is 100 like no matter what you're asking and i always love and respect the director who who isn't afraid to go places others maybe um, yeah what yeah. what was your like prior prior to you seeing midsummer like what was your knowledge of it like did had you had anything been spoiled had you been no, very, what was that like? very similar to you. I had no, I, and I, I've talked about this a lot. I watched trailers one time, like the day they come out and that's it because they're too, they're, they show too much. And usually if I watch it the day it comes out, it like, it's enough to satisfy my, my thirst for whatever it is. But by the time the actual product releases, I've totally forgotten that trailer. And I only remember like certain, certain standout points, which is like perfect because then it's like, I get enough sense to know what's going on but not so much where i'm as i'm watching the movie i'm like but wait there was the shot in the trailer that hasn't happened yet so therefore i think this is going to happen um so I, I went in just about as blind as you can go i want to say i saw a trailer but even then i can't even remember what the trailer was like so i i went in pretty blind mostly knowing that it was the same guy who did hereditary and that's about it so i i really enjoyed it yeah, I mean, it was it was really something. And it was also interesting because it actually, so it came out on like the 3rd of July. So I went yes. opening night, again, completely blind. Middle of summer. <laughs> In the middle of, yeah, exactly, midsummer. So I went with my uh, my close friend who, like, 
he was kind of going through a rough time so it probably wasn't the best movie to like watch with him because like it was something that i was like afterward i was like i want to talk and he's just like oh god that really put me in a dark space and i was like okay that makes sense and then i went home to my apartment in my um i was living with a couple at the time my roommates and they were just like how was the movie and i was like i i don't really know like i i just feel so much and it, it was just like so it was dark and it was weird and it was like beautiful honestly and i was like you guys need to see this movie like i don't want to ruin anything and then they're like okay let's go tomorrow so like on the fourth of july we went to a matinee and we watched it again and then like i just got to watch their reactions as certain things were happening and it was just like oh this is so fun and like again like i said like i was picking up on things that i missed the first time and i think i just had like a totally different um I guess like perspective on the characters or who I was rooting for and what I want, how I wanted it to end out. And I, like, it, it was just like, so since it was so shocking the first time, I was just like, I don't really know how I, how I feel right now. But then upon the second viewing, you're just like, Oh, this guy's an asshole. Like, yeah. Kind of a good for her kind of moment. And yeah. Yeah. It was, and then I got to like, t- story. yeah. And then like a couple weeks later, I met my boyfriend and uh, I'm still with and like, we on like our second date and I was like we should go see a movie and he's like yeah sure what do you whatever like you pick and I was like well I've already seen it like two times but you know this movie's really good so I made him go see it with me which is probably not like a good movie to show someone that you just no, started dating get them out I'm so here for it it's yes get them but going he, he loved it so it was like a I was like okay you get it you know like that was like a, a good test I guess but Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I, I had a so- somewhat similar experience where I just, this is one of the very, very few movies. And I, I mean, I've been raised on horror since I was like six. So that's the horror movies is like the only language I speak. I'm not really walking out of the theater scared for movies at this age. And when this movie came out, but this movie kind of rattled me a little bit, not even in the like scary way. And, and at the time, I don't think I fully understood why it had shaken me up so much and and literally today as i was re-watching the movie i texted the two friends i went and saw the movie with who who are now married so it's kind of funny uh in very inverse of what i'm about to say i was like i guys remember when we saw midsummer and i was really fucked up about it for like two hours after we saw the movie i think i know why and the, the conclusion i came to is that uh while i saw the movie i was in a very one-sided relationship uh, as the the Danny side, which is a huge theme of this movie. So seeing this movie years after that is is done over with and dealt uh, dealt with, it was like, whoa, I can actually relate to Danny a lot more than I thought I could. And I think seeing this movie play out and unfold is really what shook me so much because I was able to relate so much of it to my actual in in real time experience. Yeah, and it is just like, I, I again like since I did go into it so blind I just sort of thought it was like a horror movie and then like when you really sort of start picking it apart you're like oh no this is a breakup movie which Ari Aster has said himself he's like this is literally I was going through a breakup at the time when I was yeah. writing this movie and like when you look at it from that perspective it's like wow this is it's very layered and there are so many things in that movie that I just like really really appreciate you know from the dynamic with the friend group and you know her whole trauma situation it's just like it, there's so much to talk about so there i'm very really excited. that's 
Well, let's let's go ahead and dive in because there, like you said, there is a lot to talk about, and and we should let's go ahead and start it and start off here. So the movie begins in kind of a snowy, dark setting, which is really going to contrast the entire rest of the movie. Um, and and before before we even really get any characters or establishing shots, we get this mural that basically shows the events of the entire movie. You wouldn't know it because it's the first thing you see and it's a very like abstract image, uh, like folk image that is just put on screen for maybe seven to 10 seconds, but it really does uh, show the events of the movie almost perfectly. Um, I don't know if right. you really looked at that, that image. Yeah, and there's so much happening in it that like when you're just watching it for the first time, you're not gonna, there's too much to fully take it where you're just kind of like what the fuck am i looking at like this is like a really weird morbid image um oh, definitely. but yeah i mean i has no idea where to even go there's so much happening on this on this little uh tapestry scroll that they show here Um, but then we transition into the brilliant Florence Pugh, who I yeah. am in love with. It's ever, th I saw this movie and I was like, that woman needs to transcend in her. Career. I know. And like, she has. So, like, when this movie came out, because it's like pretty rare that you see a performance where you're just like, who the fuck is this? And like, yes. She completely delivered that. And I, like, it, it was just like within the first like 10 minutes, like, there's that scene of her on the chair just like this really guttural like crying like dry yes. heaving situation and i'm just like holy shit who is this girl and i mean yeah, now you know we everyone knows who florence I, I saw like a tweet that was just like i think they were referencing don't worry darling and they were like she put her whole pusey into this pew performance and i was like wow i'm gonna steal that so the pew performance but yeah, and now she's like, you know, an Oscar nominee and she killed it and I love her. As she fucking deserves, because she just right. I, I following her on Twitter is a great decision because I, I'm happy to see her just thrive. She's got she's got talent and it deserves to be seen. Uh that's Absolutely. Like, really the first note in my in my notebook is just Florence Pugh is goddamn everything. <laughs> and that everything like, true for the entire movie. Um but yes, so we so we open up with Florence Pugh, who plays the character of Danny. Uh, we can tell Danny is a little uh, stressed, to say the least, in her life. We see her call her boyfriend because she is worried that something is happening with her sister, who has sent her a barrage of really alarming and and um, almost frightening emails, um, and and she even tells. Christian, her boyfriend, that the sister is bipolar. And so that's even more reason to worry. Yeah. And she says, like, I can't do it anymore. Uh, it's all dark now. Mom and dad are coming to, or something like ominous like that. And then she mm -hmm. just like isn't responding. I don't remember the exact wording, but it's like something along those lines. And it's just like really, really troubling. And she's just not responding. Right. Um, and Chris Christian is just kind of like, whatever like you're freaking yourself out babe like blah 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 like just kind of being an asshole and really trying oh, to like definitely. make her and she, yeah and he's like talking her down and she's like no you're right you're right it's fine it's probably nothing it's not a big deal whatever like everything that he says to her she just kind of like takes i don't know it's like 
I know that like the the term gaslighting is thrown around a lot, but like this movie she is like gaslights her for real though, like actually absolutely. I, I I'll probably make this point quite a few times, but for me personally, the scariest I maybe I shouldn't say scariest, most disturbing thing in this movie is Christian's psychological manipulation of Danny, because that's that's what I find the most realistic part of this movie, and and it shows just how damaged she is from it. But it, it, it that's like where I'm like, this is a real thing that's happening in everyday life. I've gone through it. I know people who have gone through it. I mean, like the cult and and the stuffed bodies. That's all. That's all fun and gorgeous and all. But the right. way Christian handles this woman throughout this movie is like, I cannot help but just every, almost every time he's done speaking, I just kind of go, whew. <laughs> it's honestly like really impressive for Ari Aster to like write this character because like I guess like on paper like I, I would imagine like reading the script you wouldn't really get how fucking alarming his behavior is but then like right. when when you see him like when he's performing it's just like oh my god this guy is such an asshole like he's technically like oh no babe don't come to this party it's fine like you don't have to come it's not like he's like so he's, he's so manipulative and like Agreed. I don't know it's it's very right. interesting and like He's even like, blaming her on this phone call because he's saying things like, well, you, you let your sister kind of take over your life with her crazy behavior. And she's like, well, I'm not letting her. She is bipolar and like has a disorder. I'm the only one who can care for her other than the parents. And, and yeah, he's just like, well, you're 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 letting her kind of do this. And even it's that, so it's dark. Like, it's like, oof. Yeah, it is dark shit. It's just like, ugh. Well, and it turns out she had every reason to be afraid because it turns out that this particular time, the sister had taken it to the to the next level and in a murder-suicide, murder-suicide kills herself as well as her mom and dad, leaving Danny alone. Yeah, and it's like, the shot itself is like really i mean it's like incredibly disturbing but it's also really beautiful like the way they like kind of start with like you know the firefighter is turning the key and then you see the hose there's like two separate hoses and it like slowly creeps up the stairwell and then it's like one into the parents room who like we had previously thought were sleeping because we hear danny like leading a voicemail being like hey i'm just worried you know about i think her sister's name is carrie and she's like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. just give me a call back. And we just think they're sleeping. And then it just like pans to the other room. And her sister just has the hose like duct taped to her mouth. And it's just, it's so just like vomiting and her eyes are bleeding. And it's just mm-hmm. like terrifying. And ugh, it's, yeah, it's, it is. That was like, rough. yeah. And it like really tells you like, yeah, that's the kind of movie this is going to be like. Oh, definitely. Bitch. This, this is a yeah. horror movie. This scenario hasn't necessarily uh been done before but this this idea has and so there's a million ways they could have handled this it could have been super gory and it could have been like they could have been all chopped up and it could have been like the sister went crazy and axed her family but there's something way more disturbing about the fact that there's no blood and how she did it was by uh duct taping hoses of running carbon monoxide to her own mouth as well as the parents mouth yeah and i also like 
I noticed this like the last time I watched it, there's like a lot of symbolism with like lungs and breathing in this movie. Um, that being kind of the first instance, um, there's a couple other later on, but like comparing this to hereditary where it's like a lot more like head trauma, like head trauma. Yes. So, um, but it, it, I was like that. I didn't notice that, I guess the first few times I had seen the movie and then I was like, Oh, like the, you know, another form of breathing. And then that comes back a dozen times or so. But. Yes, um, it, it it almost kind of this movie kind of harps on like someone. Uh, I'm trying to think how to like process this very abstract thought into like conceivable words, um, like someone taking away or sharing the emotion you're feeling, and that kind of starts with mm-hmm. breathing. Because here, the sister has. Uh, uh, concurrently taken away the family's breathing and like later that's contrasted with the scene of danny uh like screaming and all the women screaming with her to share that kind of emotional breathing that comes with right uh the anxiety of, of being scared terrified angry all, all the emotions she's feeling um, yeah and it's like the so complete opposite end of the spectrum where it's just like this is like taking life away and then this is just like giving her life you know Yep. And then it, it, the movie doesn't even let you breathe there because we get into uh, Danny calling Christian and she just, he just kind of answers like, oh, hey, what's up, babe? And, and the friends are even like, oh, my God, she's calling you again. Like, really? And she, yeah. she no hello, no, no warning. Just this like guttural, like anxiety inducing scream cry that just instantly lets you know shit went down like i can't even imagine answering the phone to somebody like that i would be like oh my god what what's happening also like the score in this movie is incredible i i wish i knew who did it but it is i can get a name on that soon because that it's so good and it's like it's so heavy and it, it like throughout the entire movie it like it really really builds but like that particular scene where she's just crying and like dry heaving and like on his lap and he's like rubbing her back he's like god what the fuck because he's like right. they had this whole conversation about how he's like gonna break up with her and blah yeah. blah blah but now he can't and but it's just oof. it's like yeah gives it's, me the chills. it's hard and and just very similar to the scene i was just talking about Christian is is holding her very lightly and being silent, not really sharing that pain with her. As right. to later, where the where the women are are holding her tight and, and looking her in the eyes and, and screaming with her, whereas here it's it, and well and it's very they're in like a snowy environment, so it's already cold. But so the emotions are also feeling very cold in this moment. Right, and then of course we cut to like they pan out to the window and it's like snowing. I don't know where they're supposed to be, but it's like, it's chilly. There's trees, it's snowing. And then yeah. you can like see the title card and it's like kind of like blurry in a way. And it's right. really dark. It's a nice, it's a nice like uh, intro credit because it's nothing, it's not flashy. It's just nice. And it feels very in line with the rest of the movie, you know? Right. And then we cut to, I think about six months later, I think is the time jump here or a couple months 
Yeah, they don't. I don't think they really specify, but it's like it's yeah. clearly like spring and or summer or whatever, yeah. and it's like warmer weather. Everything's sunny, and she's like depressed in her bed, and like definitely. He, Christian kind of walks in, and he's like, "Hey, babe, I'm just you know gonna go to this. I was just gonna step out," and she's like, "Well, well like I'll go with you." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. I don't like it's fine." Like he like clearly like doesn't want her to come, but he's just like right. kind of. It's just really uncomfortable, and she's like, "No, I should, I should just get out of the house, whatever." And Danny's character is a perfect foil for Christian, especially in scenes like this, because I, the way she, she almost kind of immediately assumes the blame, but also tries to diffuse the situation because she's like, "I don't, I don't want to fight. I'm not angry that you didn't tell me you were going on this month long trip to a different country. I'm just like." why didn't you tell me you know like she's not mad yeah she's doing it she's just mad that she's she's confused why they're in a relationship in such a huge detail concerning both of their lives really wasn't brought up yeah because that that's like it's really like an interesting scene too because it's like they're at the party and it's like danny and christian and then like their friends um josh pele and mark i think they're yeah those yes. are the names and they're like yeah, we're we're all gonna go to you know Sweden for the summer or for a couple weeks just because um, I think Josh was gonna be doing his his thesis, which is important later on. But um, he's like doing his thesis on different cultures, like European cultures, and how they celebrate like different festivals. Yes. Yeah. And then they just casually mention like Christian's like, oh yeah, I was, I was thinking about going, and she's just like, well, why wouldn't you tell me? And like he's like, well, I, I was thinking about it. And then like they get home, and she's just like, what the fuck. Right. And then he just like makes it, he like puts it on her and she's like, no, 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 I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I don't want you to leave. Like, I just, you know, I, I wish you would have told me, but it's okay. And like, I, I'm happy that you're going. And he's just like, oh, I feel like I should leave. Like, I just decided this today. Like, everything is just like about him and like him playing the victim. And it's just so, it's infuriating to watch because you're just like, oh my God, girl, like slap him in the face and tell him to get the fuck out but and and i mean she's probably feeling a little trapped as well because now she has no family members to turn to right in her mind whatever connection she had to this man probably just increased exponentially because he's really one of the only people she has left in her life Uh, i mean yeah yeah we don't really see uh danny texting with anybody uh or or uh having any other like fairly intimate connections with other friends to establish that she has other people. Right. Yeah. It seems like he's really like her only lifeline. And then she just kind of was like, you know, like um, whatever, like it's fine. You should go. It'll be fine. And then like, we sort of cut to like the scene where he walks into the friend's house and they're all sitting around like talking and like getting ready to go on the trip. And he's like, I told Danny she can come, but she's not going to come. Okay. Like just like, pretend to be excited and they're all just like uh like what the fuck like why wouldn't you tell which further just establishes that christian is just a dick person in general because how are you like even though you two are in a relationship and it's maybe somewhat expected that you're gonna want to bring your significant other how are you gonna just invite somebody on a uh, international trip that you yourself were invited to you know what I mean like without yeah. asking like he never was like hey is it cool if I ask Danny if she wants to come he was just like by the way this is what's happening and he expected the group of people to just be like okay we're cool with that 
Yeah, he's just a dick. Like in general, like to everyone, like it's clear, like he's the asshole of the friend group. To watch. But it's it's also nice too because he isn't a stereotype. A lot of the times in horror movies, you get uh, characters that are meant to convey that like this is just an asshole person that deserves to die in a movie. But they almost oh. go a little too cartoony with this. Whereas this feels right. like a real human being. Like I know a few Christians in my life. Sure. absolutely and i think like i think they just did such a great job with like writing his character because it's like he's so passive aggressive in so many different ways that like you i mean obviously like having seen this movie a couple times it's like oh what a dick like you can blame him but like you can also tell that like he's just like responding pretty naturally like he doesn't want to be like the person who like caused any sort of issue in anyone's life. He always wants to be the victim. And like that's yes. really like a theme throughout the movie. And it's it's yes, so it well is. done. Um uh absolutely. And there, there's a spot later on where that really comes to light, but we'll we'll get there. Um one thing I definitely want to talk about is this beautiful artistic choice by uh Ariaster to frame this shot where where uh you know Danny and Christian are kind of having that like what the fuck? How could you not tell me you're going on this trip? And when he tells the friends where uh, you see characters on camera speaking to a different character who is seen in the shot through a mirror, not actually mm-hmm. in physically in the shot, but their, their reflection is in the shot. And that, that alone is so interesting and unique to watch. Um, yeah, and and both times it's like I think it's I think it both times it's Christian in the in the mirror. It's like yes, he's yes, you know yes. deflecting, like he's just like trying to make whatever the conflict might be everyone else's problem, and you know he's just kind of a bystander, even though it's like he's very much like the person who has caused all this drama. So, and it's almost like like he's not necessarily looking at himself in the mirror. But there's something to be said about the way he can just talk to these people and not even necessarily lie, but uh, almost lie by omission while like getting a clear picture of himself. Like uh, it's almost telling us the audience, here's the reflection of of Christian's character and it's not great. Right. (laughs) It's it's Um, really not good. Yeah. And then I think... Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I, I, what, I, what I like about this scene is like, you sort of get a sense of like the friend group because like they're all gonna be traveling together obviously. So like you have uh, Mark who is just kind of like an asshole. who's like, oh Christian, can you um come help me with this, uh, this paragraph that I'm working on or whatever? And like, just like obviously does not want her to come. And then there's Josh right. who's just kind of like much more focused on the actual trip for his own, you know, cause that's what he's doing his thesis on on these different cultures and they're and then you have Pele who like he is the one who is like he he was born in the the commune essentially that they're they're going to visit and like he he has all these ties there and yeah and he seems to have like I don't even I, I can't tell if it's like romantic but like there's like this weird moment with him and Danny where like you can tell that they're they have some sort of bond where like Agreed. he's like I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your fam like and like I feel like he's the only one to like acknowledge it and she just like breaks down and like I don't know like I think that was like them planting a seed I like very well 100%. I actually one thing that kept running through my mind this this viewing of the movie is how 
for as isolated and uh, uh, custom as the Horgas are, how are they so psychologically intelligent? Like they really know how to manipulate people uh, in, in different ways than how Christian, uh, manipulation is quite a, quite a theme throughout this story. Right. I'm sensing Ariaster's ex was maybe not so good to him. Yeah, he did say he's like, no, it's not. He, Christian's not based on like a specific person because, like, oh, I was thinking that I was like, Jesus, can you imagine being the person that he wrote this movie about? Like, right. that would be horrifying. But I think he just like yeah. took like different aspects of like a breakup and agree. I think he was he took the emotion he was feeling and used that to craft the story as opposed to like I'm gonna write this my ex as this right person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think it was more of like an emotional influence. Yeah, um, and another another cool stylistic thing with this movie is there's a lot of shots that are upside down in in transitionary. So mm -hmm. uh, the first one is the car driving along the road. Uh, they arrive in Sweden and then have to take a car to the actual commune. Uh, or actually, the first one is is when she's on the plane. It transitions from her going through a door to the plane bathroom, which is awesome transition love that shot yeah i love that i love um i think they do it they might do it in the opening too with the, the car keys there's like a lot of camera work there that yes there's just yes, so much yes, happening yes. that it was hard to like figure out what was actually happening but it is like a really nice shot but i yeah i definitely appreciate that too especially like when they're driving um in sweden and then like you see the the name of the town and then it sort of like spun around and we see the car yeah, yeah. Of like it, it almost kind of uh tells the viewer subconsciously like not only is danny's world about to get turned upside down but so is your experience as the viewer right so i i, I do love a good stylistic shot and that's that's one of them um <laughs> this this is kind of random but i Throughout my life, especially after this movie was released, I have met like three separate individuals who have told me they have a genuine fear, call it a phobia, of accidentally joining a cult. Do you know anybody like with that fear or do you yourself have that fear? I, I don't personally have that fear. Um, I don't think I know. I don't think I know anyone that does. I like I'm very interested in cults and I remember like learning about Same. it in uh sociology in high school and like i remember like all the tactics they would use where they would like keep you up for 20 plus hours and you know kind of yeah. take the communication away from you and, like but I, I don't know i don't think i would i would just be like too lazy i'd be like no i'm good like i want to go home and watch tv or something right, <laughs> but yeah. um i don't know that would that's it's an interesting i mean i guess i know people who have like gotten into you know other professional or personal groups that i would consider to be sort of cult-like but right. um you know that's you know that's our own volition and as long as they're safe and happy then whatever but a big question i have with life that might be like a little controversial but i'm gonna say it anyway uh especially because it was like pressing on my mind watching this movie what are you first of all are you a religious person no okay me neither no no and like no 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 shade like whatever do whatever you want practice whatever you want as long as it's not like governing people or hurting people 
then I don't really exactly. care. You can believe exactly whatever you want. What I feel. Exactly. Like I'm, I believe what I believe. Somebody else believes something else, whatever. But um, in the concept of religion, what is the difference between a religion and a cult? Because they seem so similar to me. And even if you look up the dictionary definition of both of those things, they are basically ubiquitous with each other. And it, I, I, I have a hard time discerning, distinguishing the two, especially with this movie, because uh, uh, the Horgas appear very cult-like, but it's also like their entire way of life. And they seem to worship like a higher power. And I think that's the thing that makes it a religion and not a cult. I think cults, the definition is like, if it's an object, person, or thing. But uh, we see in this movie that they have like a scripture book. They have like all these depictions of ancient stories. But at the same time, they have behavior where it's like a commune and they, they keep it all in the family and every so often invite insiders in to reproduce. So that way, you know, like the, the, the genes don't get all tainted. So I, this whole movie, especially this viewing, I am like, what? distinguishes a religion from a cult and i don't even mean that in like a shitty condescending way i'm like genuinely like what is where do you draw the line i don't know i mean i guess i would i guess like with the cult it seems like it's more of like a community where one person's actions um sort of affect the others and like everyone is sort of trying to like create some like i don't know I, I don't i guess i don't know enough about cults to answer that but yeah. like i do i do think like one of the nice things about like religion because again i like personally am not practicing any religion and i don't plan to i grew up like Same. roman catholic but we were kind of like half-assed like whatever um basically but like Same. there like there were people in my family who were a little bit more into it than others and you know like i think that's nice like that people have that option where they're like you know i, I do believe in god and jesus and all that and like you know like again as long as it's not affecting other people then i i say go for it like with with any religion like but like also don't use religion to you know enforce laws or any like shit like yes, that you know yes, obviously yes. i feel like we could agree on that but um but like they're like i just i guess i just know different like people who have different ways of quote-unquote practicing whether they like you know don't go to church but like pray at night or you know go to church once a week. I, don't, I don't know like i guess that would be the difference because like it, like if they don't go to church it's not really affecting their neighbor whereas a, a cult kind of seems like you're kind of all working toward one Goal. bigger thing i don't know yeah i get you i get you for sure yeah definitely because the these, the, the horga community definitely has like both aspects of, of cult and religion. So it, I, I almost feel like kind of the movie is, is making that line very vague. Right. And like, they're also like, everyone plays their role and they, you know, they kind of get into that, um, you know, like during certain ages of your life, you do, you have certain responsibilities and all that. So, but we'll get into yeah. that. Of course. Yeah. So next Next thing that happens is we arrive in the commune. Pele kind of introduces everybody uh, to each other, you know, like the main cast, as well as some of the commune people who are going to have, you know, dialogue later. Um, so we, we get a little acquainted with what it's like here. And it's this beautiful, like, open pasture. It's nice and sunny. I mean, it's midsummer, the midsummer festival. That's like the whole thing is that it doesn't 
get dark here for these this like week or like nine days or whatever um it's it's a very which is a a bold narrative choice most horror movies don't take place during the daylight and this one takes place almost explicitly during the daylight yeah and it's like somehow scarier i don't know maybe just because it's so open and i don't know what it is but well it it's such an isolated place like there's no we've taken cell phones out of the equation because they're not getting service in the middle of this place we've taken police out of the narrative because uh we're so isolated but in addition to that we're seeing huge open spaces of land and and vast tree lines so it doesn't feel so claustrophobic but at the same time they are in their own little wedge of the earth where no no one's really coming to their rescue right yeah and then they like meet up with Pele's brother who has also brought like this British couple I think their names are Connie and forget his name it's like but Liam or something like that it's like a, it's a straight couple um course, good for them yeah. they they seem lovely and then oh god this part like this is like the most uncomfortable part for me um they're like oh we're all gonna do shrooms and Danny's just kind of like no I'm good like I you know I really I'm feeling anxious I don't want to do them and Christian like proudly announces to his friends he's like guys I'm gonna wait for Danny like I'm a good boyfriend and then they're all like no we have to do it together and he's like well Danny doesn't want to like just like once again shifting the blame on her and she's just like and then she kind of caves and she's like no 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 it's fine I'll do it like and like she clearly doesn't want to do drugs but she's like peer pressured by her boyfriend and then they this is a tough one because this isn't just like smoking a cigarette or like taking a puff of weed this is a psychedelic and i i don't know if you've ever done mushrooms or anything but something i can an advice i can always give to people who are curious about trying psychedelics i always tell them do it when you're in a good headspace because you don't want to be in a bad headspace and then just have an anxiety filled six hours so yeah so definitely if danny was like should i do mushrooms i would be like girl no if you have to ask then like personally i've never done mushrooms because like i'm already an anxious person and like right edibles will fuck me up like edibles will ruin my day i will just like right and like i just know how i react to certain things i'm just like i know that this is not for me and i've had friends try to be like no it's fine like you know you just and i'm like no i just like so like watching that whole sequence where she's just like high off her ass on shrooms like that stressed me out so much and like from what i've heard again haven't done mushrooms no shame to anyone who has good for you like enjoy yourself do your thing but like everyone that i've talked to who has seen that movie is like oh my god it's so realistic like that is like so true to agree because of this uh, i i have done mushrooms and it is it, it does feel like this especially if you're outside like it's not a lot of the movies like to make you believe that you just kind of vegetable out and see like horrendous nightmare creatures and like all kinds of colors you can't fa- like I'm sure some people have that experience and maybe if you take like an absurd dose you might get that experience but for the most part it's a lot closer to this where it's almost like augmented reality and right. your your senses become hyper aware so things touching you like the grass kind of feel in a way like you're almost one with the grass like the grass is going through your whole body like that picture of, oh. uh, that image of it kind of yeah out of her hand yeah that so, part just like oh god and she's like touching it and it's like coming out of her hands and like oh it's just 
one yeah, of my it's, phobias. It's, I guess it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to watch, and uh, and I do. I always love a good, an actual good representation of psychedelics in, in film because when you when you do these crazy like like uh, nightmare sequences with them, it, it kind of just pushes this message that like, oh no, big bad don't do this otherwise you will have right. dreams and that's not the case like i'm not i'm not pushing for or or against psychedelics i'm just saying let's not create a false narrative and this one of course does a really yeah good job uh yeah and then there's also yeah. like there's a moment where pelly is like look at the trees they're breathing and it's like you can like kind of like see them yes, like moving that as is, if that is much more in line with what you would see with a psych uh, a psilocybin induced visual hallucination is something a little more like the walls slash trees pulsating not like crazy spots appearing all over you know what i mean right so i do i do appreciate that they really just in general do a really great job showing danny's headspace at all times and especially during this trip right it's so annoying when like filmmakers will like do like a drug scene and it's just like so clear that like they're just like you know, they watch like a dare video on what it's like to do drugs or whatever. And like, yes. then they like base it out. It's like, no, you should like, you should know what you're talking about. Agree. Agree. Like, that's what I mean. Just like, don't, don't, don't paint a false narrative. And, and no two, everybody's experience is going to be different, of course. And, but still, like, we gotta, I, I like that it stays accurate. It helps me feel grounded in the movie. It helps me understand what the character is going through. And it doesn't ever make me feel like, like I don't look back on the sequence and think, oh, that was a little wild. Maybe we didn't need that trip sequence because it was so over-exaggerated. Right. Whereas this one was very realistic and grounded and it definitely helps keep the story in line and show what Danny's about to experience. Right. Um, so then they, they go on this little hike uh, uh, after... Uh, also, Danny kind of does have a bad trip moment right and she kind of like excuses herself which i really yeah she she's like running down running down that hill whatever <laughs> um she like runs down the hill and then like there's like a group of people sitting in a circle and she's just like really paranoid and she's just like why are they laughing at me and she like finds like an outhouse yes. and then another scene where she like looks in the mirror and as soon as like the light goes on you can see a reflection of her sister with yes, like the, yes, the pipe in her mouth, it's really fucked up. And then she kind of just passes out and she wakes up and it's the next day, which also happens to be her birthday. Like, just like yes. a little side note, it's her birthday. Yes, and she's like, how long was I out? It's like, it's still light out. Did it get dark at all? They're all kind of confused. And they're like, oh yeah, whatever. Like Christian's just like, yeah, we, you know, we're just waiting for you to come up. And then like, and then I think they make their way to the, to the commune. Yes, yes. They, they hike on up to the commune, and uh, we get introduced to one of the leaders. I forget his name, unfortunately, but we see we see a little bit more into the life and festivities of uh, what goes on here for the Midsummer Festival. Yeah, and it's um, you know, everyone's in like these long white garb. I don't even know what to call them. They're not like dresses. But I think, I think he calls it a character says it. I think it's called a frock. What a frock, yeah. Because I remember him being saying something like, "Oh, it's a little girly, no?" But like, it's also like, and then says something about how it's like breathable and and like not stereo uh, uh, normative in any way. So 
appreciate that. Yeah, and then the commune only has like a handful of buildings. There's probably like seven or eight, and there's like you know this big barn where everyone kind of sleeps, and then the rest we sort of figure out as they go. And then like off in the distance, there's this giant sort of pyramid-like yellow. Uh, I guess it's kind of looks like a temple, but yeah, it's, it's like it's, we don't really know what it is of significance, right? Um, yeah, sorry, yeah, go go ahead if you had more to say about that. No, no, no. I mean, it's just like it, like they're just kind of Pele's kind of giving them the rundown on like, oh, you know, we all raise each other here, and we're you know, this is how the community works, and this is like a bit a very special festival because we only do it once every ninety years. Or whatever. I think it's ninety, but something like that. Yes, yes, ninety. And this this scene here, where they're kind of getting introduced to the the people and their ways, there's a line of dialogue that really fucking breaks my heart, and it it makes me so much more against Team Christian. And he's not even in the scene. It's between Danny and Pele. They're talking. And Pele is like, oh my God, it's your birthday. Uh, no one said anything. Or like Christian didn't do anything. And Danny says, oh, I forgot to remind him. It's it's okay. And I'm like, oh, oh. Uh, I know. It's so heartbreaking, especially this time. I just heard that and went, oh, no. It's so sad. And he like, he like does this beautiful drawing of her for her. And like, it's so cute. And then like yes. one, of, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is they're um, like the the kids are like I don't know if they're kids or teenagers or whatever, but like they're like running around in a circle holding hands and they're playing a game, and they're like, "What are they playing?" And it's like, "Oh, it's called Skin the Fool," which is like, yes. huh, that's a weird name for a game, but like it kind of comes up later. Right. Um, and then there's like the redheaded girl Maya, who is like mm-hmm. Pele's like quote unquote sister, aka they're all sort I, of. I did notice that he called her sister, and I, I was curious if that was like. Uh, spiritual sister or actual biological sister? I, I'm gonna go. With I, th- I think. Sister. Yeah, I think they just kind of all consider each other to be like family. Yes, I, like that's yes. what I took from it at least. Like where they're all just like, oh, we're all you know, we all like raise babies in this you know space and right, right. And she like kind of gives Christian like he's like sitting in the grass and she gives him like this little like kind of light kick in the butt and she's just like oh. And then Pelly's like, oh, she likes you. Like look, even though she's like. 14 or something she like looks so young it's just like a little uncomfortable she but did because i think i think it's a point made that she gets her first periods in the throughout the yeah. of this movie so i mean that that tends to happen pretty pretty young yeah um, so yeah, and then there's like oh go ahead, go ahead there's like the bear there and they're just like what's the bear for and then they like don't really acknowledge it they're just like oh, yes, yeah, it's it's the bear in, in a cage this is Chekhov's bear here. They have a lot of right. symbolism. And, and that's one thing with this movie is there's a lot of hidden details uh, where if you go back and really pay attention, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a plethora of YouTube videos that point out all the things you missed in Midsummer, But there's oh, God, a lot yeah. of hidden imagery here. And uh, this bear is used a lot. Uh, for example, that shot we were talking about earlier uh, right after the time jump where we see Danny is still in her bed feeling pretty depressed. Right above her is a picture of a giant bear, uh, a painting by a Swedish painter of a giant bear kind of like nuzzling a tiny queen or maybe a princess. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this bear is all over this movie. And of course, there's quite a payoff. 
Yeah. And also like right before we like cut to them getting into the barn, there's sort of like another small mural painting that like they really slowly go through. And it's really bizarre because it's just like a girl who's in love with a boy. And then it just like shows her like menstruating into a cup and cutting off her pubic mm-hmm. hair and then like casting a spell on him and he falls in love with her. And like, yes, that's like, it's, it's really like a, like a 10 second thing where you're just like, what? And then of mm-hmm. course that also the comes to fruition. Like, the story being shown to you in a interpretive image and then actually playing out is, is it happens like two or three times in this movie. And then that's, that's yeah. Good, good uh, example of that. Yeah. Fun. Um, I like when a movie like kind of tells you what's going to like, like I love foreshadowing. I'm just like, yeah, I love, especially like in hindsight, I'm like, yes. But that, yeah, and you go back and you're like, Oh, retroactive. Yeah, so stupid. Sense yeah. Sense or it justifies a character's act. Love a good foreshadowing moment. It's a great literary technique. And this movie does it well. Many times. And then another, yet another heartbreaking scene painting Christian out to be a terrible person. Uh, he's trying to light this candle and a slice of cake for her birthday in this very piss poor attempt to quote celebrate and he cannot get the candle lit and it, it's so clear to me at least I, I interpret this as a explicit metaphor that there's no flame in the relationship right. it's not there's no spark he can't keep it neither of them are happy and can't keep it alive and that's ever evident in this very like basically pathetic scene uh, yeah that he's trying to put on for her here and he like the whole thing is like he's like oh well because you know it doesn't get really dark here i didn't realize what day it was and it's like you're an asshole like you need like you get it i don't know yes he agreed. just proved himself to be just a piece of shit like again and again and it's like it's yeah. fun to watch it get worse and worse yeah because you don't really think about it but at least for i mean at least in my experience i'm I, like i'm always like this dude's an asshole and like i want him to die but other movies where you're like oh i can't wait to see this character get killed i'm not really quite like that with him i think there's enough humanness of him to where i'm like i want to see how this guy's story goes not just right um, but yeah he's, he's never like he's never directly yeah he's never like directly an asshole he's more so just like you could kind of play him off as being like, oh, he's just kind of like a lazy boyfriend, but it's like, no, he's an asshole. He's, yeah, no, he knows what he's doing. It's, he knows what he's doing. It's the manipulation for me. And he, he's playing chess with this woman's mind and it sucks to see play out for a while. Um, I wrote down that Christian is kind of a, a succubus uh, because he kind of just like, uh, sucks away everybody's life. And I, especially later, jumping jumping ahead just a teeny bit, he decides mid-trip that he's also going to write his thesis on this community, fully just like stealing tons of thunder and, and ambition away from, I almost called him cheaty because the good place. Uh, yeah, from the good place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's so, and then he tries, he tries to be like, oh, we can collaborate. Like, it's like, oh, you're an asshole. Like, how fucking dare you? Like, right. I don't and know. Then, and he's, then later on after two he um there when they're they find out that the the scripture i can't remember what it's called but the the holy book of this community has been like tampered with uh christian's like i want you to know that if it was josh we are not associated with him in any way oh my god be so embarrassed if we were attached to this and like i'm just like dude 
I don't think like it. Uh, it's so rough to watch him. I like one of my favorite parts, and like I'm, I'm sorry, we're like jumping ahead, but like when the couple. Yeah, like the, there's the, the the British couple who like leave after the whole um, ceremony, we'll say. Um, and Connie's like, "What the fuck?" Like he left, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he like you know they they took him into town, and um, they'll come back with the truck for you." And then he's like, uh, "Christian's like, I can't believe he would leave her." And then Danny just like sounds like something you would do, and it was like, "Ooh, yeah, it's so good." Yes, and then you're like, "Oh, she hates him. She hates him. Hates him." This is a movie that has just a lot going on in general. Like most movies, you can really pinpoint what subgenre of horror it is. I don't know that I could do that with this one because it's got a little bit of psychological. It's almost like a little bit like Pearl in the way that it's like a character study. And and there's there's a lot of heavy influences happening in this cinematic production. Yeah, and there, I mean, I like definitely like the first thing I thought of was like the Wicker Man. I was like, well, this is yes. like oh, pretty yeah, close definitely. to that. But I don't know. It, it is just such an interesting movie. And it's like, it's sort of funny at times. Um, it's obviously like incredibly dark and it's like traumatic. And it's like a, a character study, I think, would be like a good way to describe it with Danny, just like her. Yeah. Just seeing her go from. Yeah. And. God, I want to like jump ahead to the end, but I won't. But I just like yeah. Well, let's yeah, let's let's get yeah. We'll continue. We get to we get to what I would consider to be the turning point in the movie, uh, where mm-hmm. where we start to get real into the depths of the the horror of it all, I guess. And that is the the big festival. Uh, I for, I think it has a name, but I forget exactly what they call it. Where two elders in the community sacrifice themselves by yeeting off the cliff in a big public spectacle uh, that none of right. the governors were ready for. Right, because Pele kind of like, he's like, oh yeah, in this community, he's like, we see our life as different seasons. He's like, you have the, you know, when you're born, it's the spring where you just like frolic and play. And then he's like, and then from 18 to 36 is like fall where you go out and like explore the world, which is like mm-hmm. the point of his life where he's in where he brought people back to the commune yeah, and then from 36 to 50 right and then like 36 to 54 is like the where are we oh no i skipped summer so the summer is when they're traveling and then the fall is when they're like the working stage right, right. and then the final stage is like 50 did i say 54 54 to 72 Yes. Where you're like a, like an elder, like a page, like you basically exactly. just kind of give, you know, information and advice and you're wise and whatever. And then Danny's like, what happens after 72? And Pelly's kind of just like, you know, he like makes the hand motion across the neck and everyone's kind of just like, wait, is he serious? And like, you, you, you know, like as an audience, you're like, oh, that's actually going to fucking happen. And like, I think they all kind of know, but like, they're kind of just trying to like, like you know, not. Because at this point, they're like, there's no way that things are going to be that extreme. Um, right. They do. And, and it's a, th- this is a good instance. Are you, do you have a problem with gore in movies? Um, I, it depends. I mean, like in this instance, no, I don't really like, like gratuitous, like, I don't like like torture anything, but like in something like this, like I'm, I'm fine with it. If it like actually sort of serves a purpose, even though it is, it is like a little gratuitous in parts, like with, you know, the hammer and stuff, but um, yeah, 
it's not like torture and torture is really what like gets me but right right i i personally don't have a problem with gore if you want to use it do it but it it's not as black and white it's just i mean i'm desensitized so no imagery is gonna like mess me up but it, it is to a point where if you're gonna go over the top with the gore there pretty much has to be a reason otherwise it's gonna just come off as gratuitous or cheesy or uh a way it's going to desaturate in some way shape or form but the way it is used in this scene here it's really the most gory scene in the movie because this overall just isn't a gory movie and because i would say at least you know i, maybe, I think maybe, there's maybe one little... maybe there's one that i would argue that might but we'll get to that oh i think i think i know what you're talking about but uh it's definitely the first instance of gore that you get right I mean, the opening scene with the death dead bodies is pretty explicit but in terms of real body gore this is where you get like a, a a big view of it and because it's so extreme with the head being busted open and the way they um fall and, and impact on the ground it's so oh. it, it's very like i know well, like it, it it almost like if someone like slammed the brakes but it but you're not stopping. We're going up because you're just like up to this point. You wouldn't maybe expect that the movie was going to get that intense in that regard. I think, I think the part that like really, really like, ugh, like really got me was when he like he jumped feet first. I'm like, oh my god, dude! Yeah. Like, what are you doing? So oh, and then you can like see the land. Yeah, it's it's rough, but it's almost comedic too because they show this very small person jumping from such a large height and it's from such a zoomed out angle that all you hear is this baby baby little like thud you don't even hear yeah. crash and it it's definitely shot in a way that is really meant to get under your skin and and obviously the the scenario gets under the character's skin especially Danny, and then he, who just saw right movies die. yeah and like there's there's really really great imagery there where she's just like looking at these dead bodies and like seeing her own family dead and she's just like yes. completely mortified and uh but it's and, yeah that it's, it's definitely like one of the roughest scenes too. yeah go ahead. oh absolutely uh, yeah she and, sees this gruesome event and and relates it to her own experience and kind of uses it in a way to get i mean obviously it, it breaks her messes with her she's not uh immortal here but uh she she uses this experience to kind of uh, i think she needed to see this experience in order to get to where she gets by the end of the movie season right yeah i mean i definitely agree and especially like on the walk back like just her general reaction where she's just kind of like stoic and like you know it's like this other couple's freaking out and there's just like a lot of like reaction from the the visitors essentially and she's just sort of like staring blankly ahead and then like runs off into the field by herself and she's just like you know just kind of like breaks down but in a way that like you can tell there's like so much more than she that she's processing other than what she just witnessed and it's i mean it's really well done and like and you can tell it's like reactions it's very it's a hard to unpack scene because you have these outsiders reacting in ways that they would because of their values and beliefs that they grew up with, uh, which is like murder, bad, suicide, bad. Right. I don't want to see people die. 
but these people have been doing this tradition over and over again for years and years and years and it's it's the way it's a different way of them viewing the situation so it's it almost kind of poses this question of like you guys were invited here and brought in so who are you to like impose yourself by being like tell them to not jump and and make this stop but at the same right especially because like yeah and like two of them are doing their thesis on this culture it's just like if that's what you're doing you're not allowed to like intervene i guess and also these people like they're as observers yeah these, these people did it willingly it's not like they were like you know murdered it's like they they jumped yeah yeah so it's it's hard to unpack situation for an audience member because there's just so much going on between danny the situation and the the overall omniscient scenery that you you have as an audience member uh the perspective you have yeah but then then, really go ahead go ahead no i was gonna i was I was actually just gonna ask where do we go from there. I, I can't remember what happens Perfect. next. Uh, next, Danny. Danny does that thing that she kind of did during the psychological strip, where she was like, "I really need to just not be here right now," and kind of just excuses herself the best that she can, finds somewhat of an alone area in the in the outdoors to be, and just kind of basically has a panic attack, kind of reels reels and deals from the ordeal. <laughs> Which is a totally natural response to absolutely, you know. And then uh, <laughs> from there is where we get to the scene where Christian formally tells Josh that he's stealing the show and also writing his thesis, being the succubus that he is on the same thing uh, that Josh has worked so hard to uh, document. And, and it's such a like I love Josh's response too because he's just like, "Are you fucking like?" It's not like. I don't know. He's just like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, you're a fucking coward. You don't know what you want to do. Blah blah. blah. Like, yeah. and like, actually, I guess we. I forgot to mention this earlier, but there was a scene in the like in the very opening when Danny is like calling him, like freaking out, where Josh kind of says to Christian, like, do you think you're putting off breaking up with her because it's distracting you from actually working on your thesis, like that kind yeah, of shit? Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, which I would. It's really good. And then of course he just like steals Josh's idea, and and it's yikes. so it's so frustrating for josh especially because he's clearly a studious person he really cares about the culture and and the uh traditions that they like uh the specifics like he he's into it he's very interested by this whereas christian is clearly just like trying to get the grade you know and pass right so it's it's definitely demeaning to josh it's it's a little bit and it just takes away so much from him because now also the outsiders are like it, well at least to his expectation they're like the the cult members are, are catering to two people as opposed to one and he's like this was supposed to be my experience now here's this other dude getting half the knowledge right and then they also like have some pretty set rules if i'm not mistaken right like they're like you can't take pictures of i know like he can take pictures of like the community but they can't take pictures of the book right like the their sacred um re- scripture i guess yeah, we'll yeah. call it, it, it and then name, and i forget what it was because it was hard to pronounce yeah it, i do too words, but yeah and then we see like while they're having that conversation we see mark in the background and there's like this big tree that had clearly it's been there for like years and it's like their sacred sort of i guess that's where they like pour the ashes when you know part 
members of the community pass away. Right. Um, and Mark is just like pissing all over it. Yep. And one of the elders just comes running. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? You stupid fucking American, blah, blah, blah. And, and is, it's that's just the like- time we really see a, a member of the commune kind of act out up until this point. Absolutely. Been at least uh, appearing kind, like maybe there's nefarious yeah. motives, but for the most part, they've appeared tranquil and kind. Whereas now we're like, these are real people with emotions. Oh, this is how you piss them off. Yeah, no yeah. pun intended, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they that was like the first, I remember like feeling like oh okay like some shit's about to go down like once that actually happens and Mark is just like what the fuck I was just taking a piss and it's just like ooh pick the wrong place. I and I don't know if if, if Ari was going for this here, but there's like a little bit of a. A running theme and may, maybe a little commentary even on uh, Americans, maybe not even Americans, just outsiders in general, imposing their beliefs on a different culture. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That that happens because it, it happens a few times throughout throughout the movie. We were just talking about an instance, and there's another one right there. Where, of course, Mark is just like, "Oh, I just I had to piss. I didn't know that this was like some kind of." Uh, uh, What's the sim- symbol um, shrine kind of thing? And right. Inside this culture, they're like, it's it's a very beloved, bestowed monument almost. Right. It's like, it's very sacred for them. So, um, but yeah. And then I think this is the point where one of the girls because he's like he's like, mark is kind of like the horny one where he's just like oh yeah we're gonna go to sweden and get all this like swedish yeah. girls blah 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 milkmaids like all the shit and i think one of them kind of like is like come with me and like he's like oh my god yeah i'm gonna go hook up with whoever and then like i think I know Danny has a dream, and I know that Josh like leaves at night. Also, yes, and I can't remember which one happens. At... They're all kind of happening at the same time in a way, because uh, we have this really big dinner scene uh, with like everybody sitting at a table that's almost like shaped like an X. Um, yeah, Mark, Mark and Josh are both there, so that happens like right before they kind of split, and it's at this point too that we can see not attention isn't really drawn to it. But we can definitely see that Christian's drink is a darker color than everyone else is there. Yes, it is. So we know. Period, blood red. Yes, literally. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We we know that there's something going on with that. And then we see kind of Mark kind of go off and he's like, oh, yeah. Right, okay. I'm going to go get laid. And then uh, uh, Josh is looking at the the holy book uh, by. Sorry, got a little derailed in my brain there. Josh no, go for it. gets a, gets to see the the holy book as the priest figure kind of flips through it and shows him a little bit about what's going on. And then uh, he goes back there at night to sneak some pics, which he is not allowed to do. Um, and then we also, see this like, go oh no, go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say. Then we just see this 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 kind of creepy figure standing there, and it's like watching him, and it's not wearing any pants. It's just like completely like Winnie the Pooh, 
like right. dick out, but it's also Very. it's like wearing Josh's or not Josh, um, Mark's Mark. face because he thinks he thinks and, it is Mark at first. Yeah, he's like Mark, what the fuck are you doing? And then it turns out it's actually they had actually skinned him, and that's kind of like why I thought it was fun when they were like playing like skin the fool earlier because like Mark is or yeah Mark is like the fool. And later on, they like put him in a in a jester hat and everything and whatever. But oh, yeah, um, and then Josh gets hit in the back of the head with something and just it's like the only jump scare I think in the movie. For the but most it's part, fun. Yeah. It's, it's effective. It's kind of effective because you it's it's the priest dude who like knocks him out and then oh yeah that's a really good shot of a of a skin mark uh, being worn by the. Uh, the 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 commune kind of has this character where they're a little like stowed away it's not a super big plot point and i think that's who this character is uh i think they say that he's like a product of inbreeding possibly or something yeah and they say that like this character is also like the the prophet like essentially like this character will just like color like like smear colors on pages and that's like all that the book actually is and they sort yeah. of like read into that however they want and they say like that's like what what they should follow and what they should do which is interesting but like they i like i'm really curious because i know that they're originally this movie was like four hours long and i would love to see that version because i feel like they would have delved into that a little bit that's further what because like to see is the director's cut i don't i don't know if it's on the blue right no i i don't know that it is but i would love to see it and because like that's like one of the things where i'm just like why would they like kind of briefly touch on this only for it to sort of go you know unrecognized for the rest of the movie but whatever still a great movie it's agreed agreed it's a it's a little extraneous plot line that maybe could have been x but at the same time it doesn't its inclusion doesn't hurt the film I don't think. Exactly. Um, but I, I think that's who, that character is who's wearing Mark's face. I think that's who Leatherface him. Um, but then we go to back to the dinner. Um, and it's at, a, a, again, these big wide tables where everyone sits and eats. It's not like a little uh, foldable card table. This is like everyone in the commune at one uh table it's almost it's almost in a way like very last suppery yeah it's really beautiful and it's also like it's interesting that they did film this movie in like the dead of summer and they had all these like this like massive feasts with food everywhere and they said it was just like the most disgusting thing because it was like 100 degrees and there were flies all over the food and it's just like oh it sounded sounded like an actual nightmare to film so oh and it, it doesn't seem like this was an easy filming task at all um right and, and speaking of the filming i i couldn't help but notice especially this time around that the characters i, w- I want to know more about the wardrobe design because i noticed that the characters especially danny and are wearing clothes that are a little too big for them maybe a little baggy that yeah I, I can't help but wonder i mean it's so it's such a clear visual distinction from the white robes of everybody else or the frocks that everybody else wears. But also I can't yeah. wonder if there's something to be said there about how maybe drawing a visual 
comparison about how they don't quite fit, you know? I think that, like, because especially Danny, it's, like, very noticeable. She's wearing, like, massive t-shirts the entire time, yeah, and I think, yeah. like, that was yeah, supposed to... Yeah, tell me what you make of this. I think it's supposed to be, like, some sort of, like, a representation of, like, depression, essentially, because it's, like, you know, when you're not your best self, you don't really care what you throw on, you're just, like, whatever. So that's kind of what I took away from it. I didn't really notice so much with so much so with Christian, but with Danny, yeah. it's it's like very noticeable. Right, right, right. And and when she eventually starts wearing the the frock or the robes that the the people here have, it it actually does fit her like a lot better. Like it's actually like a form fitting uh, outfit, and I can't help but make it feel like that that's that was done to visually show like now that she's in this sort of getting into this commune she fits a lot better here if that makes sense you know like a very subconscious yeah. um visual thing yeah and she, like pretty much the whole time that we see her she's wearing like these very i guess sort of muted and, and basic colors and again everything is like loose fitting and it's like i think the first time i noticed it was when she was at the party and she just kind of seems like totally out of it and she you know was just previously seen having like not necessarily nap but like just kind of laying down and you could tell she's just like clearly clearly very much depressed um but yeah i don't i don't necessarily think i noticed anything with christian but then comparing what they were wearing to the the white frocks I don't know. I guess I didn't haven't really thought too much about it. I think it's more so just like we don't really see her wear one until you know the final day there, and you know, well, I mean, we'll get to that, but yeah, she definitely yeah. makes the transition. We'll say right, and and uh, before we get to the kind of like the third act finale of this film, we see uh, Danny and Christian being guided to uh, what is it? I think are they just genuine? generally being shown around the commune uh by someone oh oh and i think oh this is when uh he's like oh my god i'm so sorry if he stole your book or whatever we don't want to be attached to this in any way and and danny is just looking at kristen this whole conversation like dude what like she just has this look on her face that's like what how did i get here like who is this dude why is he like this how did i get involved like where just feeling very lost in life in a way she i think she's at her most emotionally vulnerable probably around this time of the movie yeah and then i think that's also around the time when they're just like oh um christian uh come with us also i no i think i missed the fact that the uh british couple both sort of like disappeared and they're just like where are they Oh, yes, so, we, we did forget to mention that. They kind of, right. like, fuck off there for a little bit, and they're like, we are leaving, we're over it, and we just don't want yeah. to see them again. So we, the audience, think, oh, they noped out of there, but that's not actually the case. Right, so at this point, the only people left that we had initially started with who were not a part of the commune are Danny, Christian. It's just Danny and Christian, actually, and then Pelly's there, too, but, like, you know, that's, like, his family. Yeah, he's, so. he's in on it. So, yeah, yeah, it's, so, it's yeah. just them. Uh, so they kind of they separate Christian and Danny and they're like oh Danny you're gonna come with us and like do the you know the women's thing and Christian you have to go meet with one of the elders in this like 
spooky little temple situation where he's told that they want him to mate with Maya, who is Pele's redheaded sister, right. who like has kind of been like flirting with him the whole movie, and you're just like, what the fuck? Um, and once again, and, that bear imagery while he's sitting there waiting to talk to the elder, there's oh, yeah. staring at a, an image on the wall of a bear being burnt. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If only if only he knew. Um, uh, but yeah, and then he, you're, as you said, the elders tell him, uh, and it, it's almost a little comedic because Christian's just like, I think I ate one of her pubic hairs. And the elders just like, sounds about right. Yeah. I'm like, it's, it, it's just like such an interesting, I don't know, the pubes and the, the period blood. I'm just like, oh God, wow. I know, but we, really, we love a little love potion. A little love potion. Um, uh, but yeah, then, then we see Danny also get in full uh garb here she's in she's in her own frock with a flower crown and the women tell her that they are starting the may queen dance competition uh which essentially is basically uh red light green light but with dancing (laughs) um they sort of all hold hands all the women do and they simply just dance in a big old circle around this nice like flower vine structure um i think it's a really visually captivating scene because it starts with this nice overhead shot of them all standing in various circles and um they they start dancing and spinning and and spiraling if you will different directions like the the outer ring of people goes like clockwise and the inner one goes like anti-clockwise like that kind of thing um and it's uh, stylistically it's a very great shot but also it, it kind of starts off danny's transformative journey if that makes sense right and they also they do have like a little toast beforehand with oh, like yes, this yes. drink and she's like what's in this and they're like it has special properties you know like and it's basically like some form of hallucinogen and oh definitely definitely and i think they take yeah. question that it uh it, it lowers your defenses it makes you susceptible to influence which and right if, if someone told me that i'd be like no thank you i will see yeah i'm good and i think <laughs> that sounds really yeah much. um but no, he and he and he does try to refuse it for a second. He's like, ah, I think I'm gonna have a bad trip. And the woman who offers it to him is just like, no, you won't. And you so have to. Yeah. Thing in one one gulp. Yeah, and like at this point, you can kind of tell that he sees that she's like starting to thrive, and like mm-hmm. everyone loves her. Everyone's like rooting for her, and he's kind of just like like you can like she's in the garb, and he's just in his regular clothes, and he's like the outsider here, clearly. Definitely. And, and he's, he's alone just sitting in the grass yeah and they have very very minimal communication but like they keep kind of looking at each other and it's just like this weird disdain and yeah, it's kind of like okay we know where this is going right. but at the and same time like nothing is uh danny's um like 
whatever was in the tea is sort of taking effect and and they they show us that by showing like the adr for breathing mixed with like some really wide-eyed glances that she makes while dancing um so it's, mm-hmm. it's a real it's a real escalating emotionally escalating scene uh sorry i think i cut you off there though please continue your thought no 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 that's that, i mean that's pretty much exactly what i was going to say so yeah um, um but it's fun and it's like that's when like the music gets really heightened and then it's you're just kind of like where the fuck is this going like i remember like when the first time i saw it like at that point i was just like how can this possibly end like you know what i mean like and then like where is this gonna go and and uh yeah the maya the sister is eliminated maybe not first but definitely at the very beginning of this little competition um because that's how you get eliminated if you don't stop dancing right away you're get eliminated and last one standing becomes the new may queen and Maya gets eliminated pretty quickly. And as she's making her little exit, she, of course, gives Christian another quick, like, <laughs> like a, yeah, a little come hither look. And yes, yes. Um, further, further implanting that susceptible influence that he's so yeah. um, willing to now. And uh, of course, Danny wins the competition and is crowned the may queen and she also a little moment i think it happens here um is yes yes it is right here there's a moment where she begins speaking to another uh, member of female member of the commune that's like dancing next to her in swedish and i mean i don't know swedish so i don't know how accurate this is but i mean obviously there's no way danny just knows swedish all of a sudden so i kind of see this as a way of the the commune influencing her to be like yeah you're part of it you get it and in my head i feel like she's definitely just speaking nonsense or like definitely does not understand what the other girl is saying but i I see it as the the commune being like yeah of course like you're in it girl you're you're wearing the clothes you know the language and because they're oh yeah they're so they're loving her they are just eating her up they're like all like oh my god you're doing such a great job ha 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 like Yes. And like they probably like they probably let her win. Let's be real, you know. I I agree. I I think I think it was probably by design that um, Danny was going to become the May Queen of of the season. And another cool like little hidden detail you notice on your second viewing is at the very beginning of the movie we see a shot of Danny in her bed, and next to her is a picture of I think the family, and on top of the picture frame is a little flower crown. So it's kind of like symbolizing this was always oh. her destiny. Yeah, it's one of those things. I never noticed that. Like, oh, it's it's at the very beginning. It's in one. I think it's right before she makes the call about the family being dead. I forget, I forget exactly what shot it is, but it's towards the beginning. And there's a nice little picture with a flower crown on it. And you're like, oh. Interesting. Um, yeah, she wins, she wins the title of May Queen, gets this really cute crown and, and this little celebratory ceremony for her. Uh, meanwhile, Christian has been removed because she gets like carried away in, in this carriage uh, thing. And they, Christian's uh, psychedelics start literally, we see the moment they kick in because that dude just claps at his face. <laughs> and I don't know yeah. what it is about that moment, but that moment always just makes me go, oh. <laughs> I know. And it's like, again, it's just like that whole like, psychedelic part of it like we're like 
you know, she's wearing the flower crown and the, the flower dress and you can like see the flowers like breathing around her. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, it's so intense and it's so well done, but it's just like, you, it's like so trippy that you don't even know what you're watching. You're just like, am I imagining this or is this, I don't know. I think they did such a great job of like make like kind of getting you in on the whole trip. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree hundred percent there. Um, so now we get to a very interesting scene that I bet a lot of people were shocked by upon mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, Christian is given like a, is stripped, given a robe, uh, a frock, sorry. And he is guided to uh, that one building that we've seen a couple of times. And I think they're told that like, you're not supposed to go in there. Is it, is it the same building where they keep the holy book? I think it might be. I think it is. I mean, there are only like a handful of, yeah, I don't know. Right. I, I think but it's, it's either way. It's, it's, it's like a, a small black, like wooden building. Yeah, like the visual depiction of this building definitely says like it's it's kind of off limits. Maybe that's a little more of a restricted area, I guess. Um, right. And so the doors open, and Maya is sitting, laying on the ground in a bed of like bush and flowers and and greenery. Also, by... oh yeah, go ahead. Important to note, when he walks into the building, they like blow powder in his face, and he's like, well, "What the fuck?" And they're like, "Oh, it's for oh, your vitality." God. Yes, it's basically, I mean, like you know, Viagra really powder. Yes. Yeah. They're so really he sh- can... shooting this dude up with everything they can. Um, yeah. And he he enters the barn, and there she is, waiting for him to uh, deflower her and take her virginity away, surrounded by about ten, twelve naked women who are gonna kind of help see this ritual through for Miss Maya over here. And they're all like holding hands and like swaying. It's like very like how the grid stole Christmas, like that, <laughs> except like with like a bunch of naked old women. Just yeah, kind of like, like I I think this scenario could even turn off the most voyeuristic of voyeurs because it's a Oh lot. yeah. I don't know that I could have sex in this environment. I, it's a lot. <laughs> I yeah I, 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 <laughs> It was it was like such a weird thing to watch in the theater too because everyone was just like what the fuck like people yeah. were like kind of like uncomfortably laughing but also just like so confused and yeah because you're like are we just supposed to stay silent while watching this take place uh, because let, let's yeah to discuss the the nudity in this film because are you are you a fan of nudity in, in films horror movies especially because no uh, I like personally I'm I'm fine with it I mean like sometimes I think it's like a little bit gratuitous but. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Rayner actually was so he he does uh, like a good minute and a half of full frontal nudity in this movie. Just you know, yeah. heads up for any who hasn't seen it. But I'm assuming if you're listening, you have. Right, <laughs> Otherwise, you've yeah. ruined the entire thing. Yeah. But um, like this was like his idea because he he basically said like you know we want this guy to be in like the most vulnerable state that he could possibly be in, and at right. the same time, like he's like, well, in horror movies, it's always like women who are just like you know tits out whatever which is like you know it's, it's very true but he was the one that like really advocated for it he's like no i want to be completely naked and i'm happy to hear that because I, I i do appreciate nudity in films because people like humans are naked sometimes you know and and it does right. suck when it turns to, to a gratuitous shot because then it's like you don't see a story unfolding you see a director 
consciously making the decision to show usually a naked woman. It's never usually right. a man. And so it's nice to see a man too, because it's like people are people. And this is a scene where you almost kind of need nudity because if people were covered up, it, it wouldn't quite have the same impact. And it's also based on how these people have been acting this whole time. This seems like something very in line with what they would believe and do. So if they were covered right. up, it would kind of take oh wow, excuse me. If they were covered up, it would kind of take away from the whole punch of what is going on in this scene. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it it's also like it's kind of critical to the plot itself. Like it is. It is. What happens here, because like while all like while he's you know, having sex with this girl, which first of all, that whole scene is like hilarious because like they're like pushing his butt into her yeah, and like the, they're all like the singing together. Herself to go push his ass, like literally. And they, like and imagine being this woman who's like, Mm-mm, he's not stroking good enough and just like right. goes behind you, full, fully puts both hands on an ass cheek and is like pushing this dude into the other woman. That's what I'm like. I don't and know they're like, do this. this is a lot. <laughs> they're all like moaning together and then like yeah, another, I guess like another theme of like sharing emotions uh, between the right members. but while this is all happening Danny is like taken by like the other women of the town and like she has to go plant so I don't I don't remember what it is exactly I know it's like and like a piece of steak and like, yeah, it's, like meat it's seeds that get planted yeah I think I think it's something about like having like a bountiful harvest or something it's just like tradition like that's what the make me right. does like after she wins they take her up to this part of the cliff or whatever, and she plants that. And then when she gets back, she's just like, where's Christian? Like, what's going on in that building? Yeah. And she, like, hears she something, and they're like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is they, it, it was very, like, she's like, wait, what's going on in that building? And they're like, oh, no, 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 you can't, no, you can't see that building. And then she walks towards it, and it's very, like, wait, no, stop, come back. Like, yeah. they don't really it's clear that they were they wanted to maybe let her see that to break emotionally break her walls down even further and then she sees it and she just just runs for the barn and like this is probably my favorite part of the movie when she's just like weeping and all the girls are like surrounding her and they're all like yes. crying with her and like heaving together and it's like such a nice little difference between like in the beginning we see yes. her crying hysterically and christian just kind of like patting her on the back as opposed to like yes. this whole group of girls like feeling every single thing that she's feeling like with her and i'm just like oh yes. shit like they're, she's they're embracing her it's it's a disturbing scene it's emotional it's beautiful in a way it's it's a lot to take in as an audience member and for danny the character so I, I also love this scene, and it's one of the definitely most memorable shots of the movie. Oh, it's 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 really brilliant, and it's just like such a like. There was a part in the movie too where Pele is like talking to her about her relationship with Christian, and she's like, he's like, does he make you feel like you're being held? Like, and it's just like such kind of like a throwaway right. moment, but yeah. then you're just like, well, you know, like not really. Like, obviously, she hates this guy and like wants to break up with him, and he wants to break up with her. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Christian comes and then he's just like, okay, well, I need to get the fuck out of here and just runs out. This shot, before that all happens, the shot is just so beautiful, too, because one, when Danny actually looks in the barn, she looks through the keyhole 
and I love the choice by the director or editor, whoever, to not show us what's going. Like obviously, we already know what's going on. We've been we've seen it in detail, but it's it's a shot that doesn't break of Danny reacting, and I like that better than if it would have like the camera would have gone through the keyhole or if we would have just cut to what's going on on the other side of the door because it's it's i think it's more impactful to see danny's reaction there than actually see what's going on because also another amazing like style choice is uh that i'm noticing now as i have the movie kind of like frame by frame up on my that i can scrub through in that scene where all the women are kind of sharing her pain and screaming with her danny's basically having a panic attack so she's hyperventilating which is also causing all the other women to hyperventilate so they're kind of doing like they're all in like a, a miniature body pile and they're all kind of doing this in sync movement with their chest where they're kind of going in and out and then it immediately cuts to christian in the barn in the exact same spot in a in a body pile except he's like fucking this girl and orgasming and it's 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 a nice contrast there of what's going on, uh, because if you, if you watch the shot, it, it pulls away and does a wide shot of all the women, and then instantly cuts to Christian, and he and he's in the same like bottom left third of the of the screen that Danny and the women are. It's a it's a very stylistic shot that I appreciate. Yeah, it's it's just so well done, and it's like it goes back to like what I was saying earlier about like the breathing and like again I don't really know what like thematically that is supposed to signify but like there's so much like imagery and there's so many scenes where it's just like the breathing is so heightened and you know even before they do like they take the shot and they're like they do that like <gasps> like situation it's right it's, oh, it's yeah, really interesting like throat noises and stuff yeah and then he's just running around completely completely butt ass naked like that post not clarity is real he is like, yeah. uh, like he comes to right away and it's like, what the hell just happened? So he just bolts out of there. Yeah, and he's just running around. And I think I think this is the part where he sees like Josh's leg sticking out from like the yes. the guard yes. in there where you're just like, oh God, like like he gets it and he's just like, I need to get the fuck out of here, but he's completely naked. And like all these people are seeing him and he's like trying to cover up and whatever. And then he, he makes yeah, I was going to say, can we also just uh, mention the, the like, disturbing nature of post-coitus, the woman that he just had sex with is, like, rocking back and forth, trying oh, to yeah. get the semen to go deeper. So she She's like, I feel the baby. Like, yeah. Compunctious. That I is, know. Is, like, I, it's so, because that's also the thing, too, is, like, they're, they're doing this because it's time to reproduce and make more horror commune members but they don't inbreed so the genes don't get tainted so they're they're literally using them as a as a seed absolutely and, yeah and Just so completely like danny's planting this seed of of like nature and may queen realness and and christian is planting the seed of the future it, it's kind of yeah it's a it's a very disturbing but uh a lot to unravel and I definitely think it helps his little uh clarity moment because he he runs out of that barn dick out and like you said he's just running around for like a minute and uh, a nice little production touch I like about that moment is when when he does fly out of that barn there's like a little bit of blood on his dick which is like definitely because the 
girl is a virgin and he like that was the whole ceremony thing and so that's it's oh. just, i'm like they really went they really did that they really went that extra detail and i'm imagining being like imagine that makeup department guy like what did you do at i was just and thinking oh, like yeah applied, well. strategically applied a blood droplet to a man's penis yeah. and he gets credited for it it's great mm-hmm. but yeah he runs around and he sees he sees the dude's legs sticking out of the ground because they kind of like buried him and we know it's him because he has like a thing on his foot like that I think it's the room. well. He, he might have like branded. Yeah, him. he's he's also like the only black person in the movie. So it's like a black leg. You're like, oh, it's Josh. So that's true. Yeah, so that it's pretty distinguishable right away. Um, and he's just running all over this uh this this commune until he eventually finds his way into another little barn building that we haven't seen Ugh. yet. And I think this was yeah. where you were talking about where it gets gory. This is what I was talking about earlier. Yep. Yeah, this was yep. like fucked up in so many ways. I it, I think it's called like the eagle or something, but this is this is the one of the couples couple members, right, of the British couple. Yeah, this is the British guy who uh, Pele's brother brought, and he is like strung up, and he's like cut open in a way where his lungs are outside of his body. Yes, and it's from he's, the back he's, too. Like the, yeah, it's from the back. Like it's really the entire dorsal side. And he's also still breathing. Like the lungs are still moving, and it's just like so disturbing. And they have like flowers over his eyes, yeah, and it's, it it's, it's just like to say the least. Yeah, you don't really know what you're looking at at first, and then when you really take it in, you're just like, oh, oh, yeah. okay. And it's, it's a lot. It, it it is a rough shot too of just like uh, like you said, it, it's pretty gory, and I, I agree. The movie does get pretty. It's, it's an it's, I, I would imagine this was done practically because it sure as hell looks like it um yeah it, it's just it's definitely a shock shot that makes you just go oh my god and, and it's really just unraveling the grotesqueness of this commune in the in the last uh couple segments of the movie here and it's yeah because there's and really only like 10 minutes I, left i also don't think i ever noticed that the lungs are still moving before and holy Fuck, now that you say that and I actually watched the scene back, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, ugh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's like, a, it's, a it's cool and it, it serves a purpose. And again, like the breathing thing, the lung thing, again, I don't really know what that is sort of trying to signify, but it, it's interesting that it's like there throughout the entire movie. It really and is, then, yeah. And it's, I, I almost wonder if it's like, yeah, there's a lot you can really take from that because it's a it's a way like the weight lifted off your shoulders kind of moment. Like this whole movie is basically Danny struggling to breathe, and then she finally gets it in the end. You know what I mean? Right. Like that kind of motif. But yeah, there's there's definitely a lot you could dig in with the with the breathing in the lungs, and I'm not sure that I have a clear picture of exactly what I take from it as well because there's just a lot to really. It's one of the more abstract visions going on in this yeah next time i watch it i'll I'll try to think about it a little bit further and actually come up with some kind of answer i'll let you know but um of course yeah do do tell and then he one of the the people from the commune just shows up out of nowhere and like blows this like dust in his face and christian's just like knocked out yeah immediately gets him with another another drug opiate steroid yeah uh tranquilizer 
whatever. But yeah, they they get them good. He's having a rough day. Oh yeah, uh, most definitely. Um, and then we do a nice fade to black shot of Danny in the middle of that like sun platform, who's now the May Queen, and she's just adorned in flowers. Flowers, flowers, flowers on the runway. This is a, she almost looks like a, just a slug of flowers. It's amazing. It's so I don't know good. How it's even on her body because it's it's nuts. And she's sitting in this throne, and you can tell this woman is like broken by the look. Of oh, her completely. Face. Yeah. Uh, but literally head to toe in in flowers. The only visible skin is her face and a little little bit of her neck. Yeah, and then we're kind of told that they have is it seven or nine human sacrifices i think it's nine it's i think it's one of the yeah it's, i think it's nine because it's like two village people the british couple the two friends maybe it's seven but it might, it might be but either way yeah she's basically like the the i don't know what her name is or what her role is but she's kind of like one of the elders who has been leading all of the ceremonies yeah, she's, she's kind of like, just like christian and was like you're gonna you're gonna impregnate this yeah girl. and she's basically just like okay as a tradition like the may queen gets to choose the final sacrifice and she's like and christian's also fully paralyzed at this point like he can like oh, no, he understand what's yeah he like he, he can understand what's happening around him and he can like still see but he can't speak or move mm-hmm. and she's it's like okay so you get to pick yeah, she's like, do you want to, she's like, do you want the last sacrifice to be Christian or do you want it to be um, this other person from the commune who, you know, would be willing to sacrifice themselves? It's like, it's yeah. her choice. And it's just like, they just like close up on her face and like everyone knows. It's like, oh, this is like the moment when she just decides like, yep. fuck this guy, this is who I am now. I am the May Queen. And oh God. Like the final cut, oh, just it's just so good. Like they stuff him in a bear suit, and then he's in this big barn with, like there are little that yellow like, temple that we that we've seen throughout the movie, and, and it's so separate from everything else that you know is significant. And you're like, oh, that's what this fucking thing's for. Yeah, and then they have like Mark's face, like his skin is like put on like a small tree, and they have like a little hat on his head, and then like it's basically just like all the people. Yeah, they all look like scarecrows and they're all like a part of the sacrifice. And then there's these two guys who are still fully alive, but have taken yep. some sort of medicine. So they shouldn't like feel anything. And then Christian's just in the middle in this giant bear suit. And like his eyes are like still a, blinking and moving. And it's not even a suit. It's an actual, that bear from the cage. That it's the bear, like yeah. Hollowed out. So it's like, <laughs> all I can think about is how hot that must have been, both to film and as the character to die. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he, he gets one of the most painful horror movie deaths I think I've ever seen because after after everyone is properly placed according according to that legend that we saw earlier about like skinning the fool and, and the ceremony and everything, everyone's placed in this barn and it, uh, three volunteers of the cult, commune, religion, society thing set it ablaze. And we we watch as the entire thing, including Christian and the bear suit, just 
ablaze. Yeah. And then the two guys from the commune who like sacrificed themselves are just like screaming in pain. And then yeah, everyone in the commune can hear them. And they're all just like running around screaming and like Sharing Danny joins in. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, she's like found her people. And then it's oh, like, yeah. it's just like, it's so brilliant. She's just like, yeah, she has nothing left. Like, why the fuck not? Like, yeah, she's she feels empowered here, and she she quite literally has nothing to go, return to. So, I mean, I think I think she found her own as, as dark and twisted as it as it is. And and another little touch too is that Maya in in this is in this crowd, and now she's wearing like red lipstick and everything. She's right, a woman now. <laughs> they, yeah, and, and Danny Danny sees all these people reacting to what she's seeing and reacting to. And the final shot of this movie is just a nice clip of her cutting a smile overlaid with the burning building. It's so good. It's it's, it's so great. good. And it, and it really, really shows the psychological deterioration and rebuilding of, of Danny. And in a way it is barn I mean, this barn is symbolic of so much stuff. It's symbolic of her past. It's symbolic of her mental state. It's symbolic of like her, her walls being taken down. Uh, everything. I mean, this barn is a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really rough. And I I just looked this up because the score is so good, and it yeah. is composed by Bobby Krillick, K R L I C. And it is just uh, the music just gets it's heavier and heavier, and it's uh, it fits wonderful. the environment very well. It it makes this movie have like a, a a tone to it that you can almost categorize as maybe like antique. I don't know. It's very hard to describe. It's a very specific vibe. You know, like if you hear it, you're you can. See kind of it already immediately draws some imagery to your head that would probably be right. what this movie gets you. That makes sense. And that is Midsummer. That's the movie. That is the movie. It is it is quite a crazy movie. It came out in 2019, so only a few years ago. Um but it is it is it's a great movie. I like this movie. It sounds like you like this movie a lot too, of course. Oh I I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, but it's like I it's also it's like great. It's it's not my favorite horror movie. It's not my favorite A twenty four movie or like, but it, it's just for some reason like this movie. As soon as you you know sort of pose the question of like what movie do I want to talk about, it's like I want to talk about this movie because I just think yeah, it's there's, so there's fun and it's such a roller coaster. It's a loaded movie. There's a lot more than meets the eye, and it, and it's fun because it's also kind of simplistic. Like there's not a lot of action shots. There's not really there's not like people running from killers. There's not there's not a lot of the stuff you typically see in horror movies. You know. Right. Like on paper, it's pretty, yeah, it's it's like pretty straightforward on paper, but then you watch it and you're just like, oh my God, there's like so much happening, but also Absolutely. like, I don't know, it's, it's a lot, but. And I think this is one of the movies too that really sticks with people. I mean, myself, I, I was thinking about this movie for weeks after I saw it in theaters. And for the most part, I think about movies for a few days, if that, after I see it. Yeah. So for it to stick that long, it really had me like, questioning like all of its themes and how i can relate it to my life because i mean that's just something i do when i see movies you know and so there's of course there's a lot to take away and abstract from this 
in this film. Yeah, it's just like, it's honestly like, because like I've always been like a huge horror fan, but um, in like the late 2000s, early 2010s, I kind of like fell off because like, I just like didn't really like where the genre was going. There was a lot of like found footage and like, Remakes. Yeah, and like that—that's you know, like people like whatever they like. That's totally fine. It's just like not really my thing. And then like I kind of slowly started getting back in, like when like it it follows came out, and then you know the Babadook and the Witch, and I was like, but then this one was the one that I was just like, oh my god, like and then horror can be good again. Yeah, I was just like I went back and I rewatched like all my old favorite horror movies. I just like started going on like horror twitter and getting involved in like the community and stuff and like talking to people and um but yeah i mean like that's it was pretty much this movie and like i said it's not like it's like my favorite movie or anything it's just like i just think it's so much fun and i I don't know people have like very strong opinions about it Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a movie for everybody i i definitely think there's people who will check out of this movie because they're bored or like maybe just don't get it or just don't maybe aren't looking for that kind of cinematic experience but if you like a good story and want a human narrative of horror this is a must this is a must see absolutely um it's and it's just like stunning it's just it like a beautiful it's a visually, movie visually stunning beautiful beautifully scored shot directed all these hidden details just make it like that much more of a bonus like i think at one point in the forest, like the way the trees are patterned resemble like the sister's dead face or something. Yeah. So it, like just little things like that that kind of subconsciously get you in the the bends of this story. Um, it's a great, great movie. I'm really glad we were able to talk about it. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining. I'm, I'm glad we Absolutely. did this. This is a great movie that definitely has a lot to crack open and I, I, I'm sure we could have went on and on it, but um, this was this was a great discussion thank you so much for joining me Tom of course thanks for having me yeah in the in the event that any of my listeners want to get more of you or learn more about you where can they find you so I'm on Twitter at Gail G-A-L-E Calamezzo C-A-L-L-A-M-E-Z-Z-L love it well, thank you yeah. so much. And of course, as you all know, I'm Queen Cream or Evan, if you're feeling nasty. <laughs> Thanks for joining on this episode of Debate of the Dead. Uh, we will see you next time. Bye.